Have your fantasy teams been struggling this year? Or perhaps you've been doing pretty well but want to put yourself over the top? Then make sure to visit our friends over at Finish First Fantasy Advisors. They are the premier one-on-one consulting firm that specializes in providing you with expert support to help guide you to the championship. You will be matched with one of their expert advisors to provide you with the season-long insight for your redraft, dynasty, or DFS formats. Their advisors will contact you weekly to answer all of your questions and provide you the needed information to get to the next level. Set up a free 15-minute consultation by emailing them at info at finishfirstfantasy.com or by visiting them at www.finishfirstfantasy.com. That's www.finishfirstfantasy.com. Hello and welcome again to another episode of the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast presented by Dr. Squatch Soaps. Get 20% off orders of $20 or more at drsquatch.com when you use the promo code SKS20. That's get 20% off of orders of $20 or more at drsquatch.com when you use the promo code SKS20. My name is Ryan Scullard. I am your host and we have now finished with week three in the fantasy football season, I hope your guys' seasons are going well. Uh, mine, I'm kind of all over the place in terms of um, how my teams are looking right now. I think I've got two or three of them at one and two, two of them at two and one. So it's it, it's been one of those seasons dealing with a lot of injuries, which you know I know a lot of people were expecting and sort of um, predicting simply because of how many um, or because of how much time was missed in terms of preseason and uh, and meet and with the uh, with COVID and everything going on with that and just the the lockdowns and everything, there just wasn't the same amount of um, uh, of real practice time, uh, you know, game speed type practice. So. This isn't necessarily a surprise that it's been as brutal um, injury-wise this year as as it has been. So um, tonight we are going over the we're going over some injury news as well as we are going over our waiver wire pickups for the week going into week four. I hope uh, hope you guys are able to get one or two of these guys to to help out your fantasy teams and get you guys ready for week four um so yeah so we are going to just go ahead and hop right into this with uh today's headlines um we started off last night talking about uh mitchell trubisky getting benched well it's officially been announced today that nick Foles has been announced as the starting quarterback for week four for the chicago bears they're going to be going up against the indianapolis colts and it's going to be a little bit of a tough test for um, for Nick Foles, as far as um, fantasy points against the Indianapolis Colts are uh, the second best uh, in terms of going up against quarterbacks. Um, they're sixth best in terms of going up against running backs. They are the best going against tight ends. Now, not they've really faced any teams that have any big tight ends. Um, that being said, um, it will be a little bit a uh, little bit of tough sledding. For the uh, for the Bears and for Nick Foles in that one, so we'll kind of see how kind of see how that goes. Uh, story number two: Philip Lindsay may actually be back week four for Thursday night football. Um, 
saw a note on Fantasy Pros that it's possible he will be back. He's been dealing with a turf toe injury. This is something to kind of watch. I am uh, I have Philip Lindsay in one or two leagues, um, and so it'll be interesting to see how how this plays out. If he can go Thursday night, um, it's a really nice matchup against the New York Jets, who give up the seventh most amount of fantasy points to running backs. So it'd be you know if he can get on, if he is healthy enough to actually be playing. Him and Melvin Gordon should put up a decent amount of points uh, in that game against the Jets because the Jets are just plain terrible. They're awful. Um, there's there's no other way to put it. So, uh, story number three uh, we talked about last night uh, in last night's show that Chris Carson's injury was not as bad as originally feared. I'm telling you, when I saw the way that uh, the defender twisted his knee when he rolled as he tackled him, I, you know, I, I thought it was ACL right off the bat. Um, turns out it is, it is a sprain. It's a grade was a grade one sprain, I believe, is what they said. So it looks like he's going to be out one to two weeks. So we will talk about kind of how that affects waiver wires and stuff like that. Um, but Chris Carson is going to be out one to two weeks. Um, I believe I'd have to check this again. I think the Seahawks bye week is week six. So what that could mean if, is if he misses two weeks, it would actually be a three week break. Um, don't quote me on that. I'm still, I didn't actually pull that up to figure that out. Um, but, uh, missing one or two weeks, the, the Seahawks do have, uh, some running backs that, uh, can fill in some holes, uh, for you, uh, in the meantime. Um, a couple other headlines. Dallas Goddard looks like he is going to be out some time with his uh, his ankle injury. Jordan Reed, after having a decent game, is going to go on injured reserve for six to eight weeks. And Michael Pittman will undergo uh, underwent surgery on his calf, um, expected to be back around week eight. Apparently, he uh, injured his calf and developed what I I believe what they call compartment syndrome. Um, in his calf, um, I believe it's where basically a, a pocket um, of bruising of blood um, basically holds and causes some major issues and, and um, basically cuts off circulation and nerves. It can be very painful. Um, and so uh, had to deal with that. Looks like uh, they were able to take care of it. They're expecting him to be back right around uh, just after the Indianapolis Colts uh, bye week. So those are our uh, our headlines for the day. Luck, uh, not a whole lot of other injury news. Uh, for those of you who were able to watch the um, the Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens game, I was I was pleasantly pleasant somewhat pleasantly surprised. As a Mahomes owner, I was pleasantly surprised um, in terms of just how well he was able to go into Baltimore and do that to the to the Baltimore defense that the their defense just did not seem prepared tonight it did not help that the Chiefs defense was able to do enough to keep uh Baltimore off the field a lot um you know Baltimore really struggled tonight so um there's still I think you know it could be it very well could be that uh, Lamar Jackson is having a little bit of a uh, of an MVP hangover. Very well could be. Um, we'll kind of see how this plays out over the next couple weeks. But uh, very, very surprised that the um, the Chiefs were able to just really take it to Baltimore tonight. 
into that defense. So, um, for uh, you know, to apologize, uh, you know, for for knocking down um, Patrick Mahomes in my rankings this week, I didn't have him one or two. I think I had him as number five. I think he ended up being the number one or two overall for the week. So, uh, with that being said, um, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into our waiver wire madness for um, for week four. All right, starting it off, we are going to go with the QBs, and. I mean, I have these somewhat ranked. Um, I, if, you know, if you can go to our website, SkullKingSports.com, uh, under the uh, Fantasy Football tab, you should be able to see our waiver wire rankings. Um, or go to, yeah, just click on the tab. Our waiver wire rankings should show up on there. Um, I may mess with the order that I have these in, but for right now, this is the way I've got them. Right now, I may have to actually fix them on the website, so... Starting off, I have Nick Foles as the top quarterback to pick up this week. Now, I know uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, probably has a few more um, a few more weapons to throw to. Uh, you know, going up against Houston. Houston's defense has kind of been back and forth. Uh, let me see. Against the pass, they're, they're number 17 in terms of giving up fantasy points to the, um, to the quarterback position. Um, you know, number 20, giving up points to wide receivers. So it's not, I mean, Houston, their main thing is giving up points to the running back. So um, I, th- I see next week more of a Dalvin Cook s- type of script for Minnesota. So for that reason, um, I, I have Cousins, my third quarterback to pick up. Nick, Nick Foles is my number one, even against Indianapolis, because I think that um, looking ahead at their schedule... Let me pull up that schedule. I think that Nick Foles probably has. He's got Tampa Bay. He's got Carolina. The Rams, who played pretty well but got chewed up by um, the uh, by uh, the the Bills. Can't even talk tonight. Um, then New Orleans, Tennessee, and Minnesota. So they, I mean, he does have some favorable matchups coming up. So um, I. I'm still okay with Nick Foles. It's going to be back and forth, but if you're if you're looking a little more long term, I probably prefer Nick Foles um, to my number two, who is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, and the, really, the only reason I'm picking Ryan Fitzpatrick is because he is going to be at home going against the Seahawks next week, and the Seahawks, as we saw, give up a ton of yards and points to quarterbacks and um, and wide receivers. Now, for those of you who heard my episode yeah, last week, um, and for those of you who you know maybe saw the live stream um, in the uh, in our in our Facebook page, I actually said that I thought that Ceedee Lamb was the better pick over Gallup for this last week against the Seahawks. And it turns out that it actually was Gallup. But what I didn't know until just before game time was that the Seahawks had declared Quentin Dunbar out. And Quentin Dunbar was going to be the guy who was going to be on um, Gallup most of the game. 
And it turns out that it was Trey Flowers. And had I known that Trey Flowers was going to be the starting corner, I definitely would have gone with Gallup over CeeDee Lamb. So if Dunbar, hopefully Dunbar is able to play next week. If Dunbar is not able to play and it's Trey Flowers again, it's going to be another big game for either um, for either Preston or for um, or for Devontae uh Parker I really think that because of the way that the Seahawks put up points and their inability to pass rush that's what's providing so much time for I mean that's what's providing the ability for quarterbacks and wide receivers to just work over the the secondary part of what made the Legion of Boom for Seattle you know five years ago six years ago six and seven years ago oof um hard to believe it's been that long part of what made them so so brutal and just so devastating was the fact that they had a pass rush in michael bennett and cliff averill as well as you know they had multiple other um role players that could get the job done um you know bruce Irvin when he was you know when he was younger those kind of things were what provided the opportunity for that defensive backfield to really shine. That's not the case right now. Is they don't have a pass rush. And while they have a very, very talented defensive backfield in Shaquille Griffin, Quentin Dunbar, Jamal Adams, and, uh, and Diggs, they're just, they can't, no defender, no defensive back is going to be able to cover for, you know, 10 seconds on a regular basis. It's just not going to happen. And so you're going to have, you're going to have holes. And so because of that, because the Seahawks don't have a pass rush, unfortunately, until they get one, I am advocating for any quarterback that has a decent set of wide receivers to stream against the Seahawks, especially with how good their offense is. The offense has been throwing the ball all over the yard. Um, Russ with you know with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf um, have just been unstoppable. Because of that, teams are going to have to throw in order to keep up. And you we even see that in the defense. You know, in the defensive fantasy points allowed. Go to fantasypros.com. Look up fantasy points allowed. Um, the Seahawks are I want to say like third or fourth best. Uh, fifth best against um, running backs and fourth best against uh, tight ends. You know, but they give up the second worst, second worst in terms of giving up fantasy points to quarterbacks and the worst at giving up uh, fantasy points to the um, wide receivers. And it's not even close. They give up thirteen, almost fourteen points more a week to wide receivers than the number two team in uh, in the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and two more to the Atlanta Falcons, who are number three. So, really, this—I mean—you need you need to stream wide receivers. Wide receivers and quarterbacks right now are a good bet against the Seahawks until they can prove that they can get a pass rush and stop and and stop the passing game. So, because of that, long-winded answer to say, I'm st- I would be happy streaming Ryan Fitzpatrick next week against the Seahawks against my own team yes I would do that 
So, moving on to the running backs. Um, right now, in terms of, there isn't a whole lot of long-term answers or possibilities for the running back position from what I've seen so far. Um, pulling up my um, my waiver wire rankings. Uh, let me get the running backs here. For the, I mean, the, really, the guys that are listed, it's Rex Burkhead, Carlos Hyde, Damian Harris, Jeff Wilson, Brian Hill, and Frank Gore. The two that I think are quote-unquote long-term would be Damian Harris and possibly, possibly Brian Hill. And the reason I say that is because Rex Burkhead really, once James White comes back, if he comes back this season, he may he may take the rest of the season off dealing with the death of his father and his mother being in critical condition. Um, I have not actually had any, I have not seen any updates on how his mother is doing and whether or not he'll be back. I just know he was out the last two weeks. We don't know about this next week yet. But New England, if James White comes back, he's going to take over that Rex Burkhead role. Rex Burkhead isn't going to, you know, it likely is not going to be putting up that many points like he, he has been. If Rex Burkhead is, is the guy to get, if James White is going to miss another couple weeks. Other than that, I am not going to use a lot of fab or a, uh, I'm not going to use priority on Rex Burkhead unless I'm 0-3 and are desperate for running back help. So um, uh, this next week, Burkhead goes up against Kansas City. Kansas City has been okay. Um, they're giving up 20, they're 24th in terms of giving up um, points to running backs. So they've, uh, they've been somewhat stout. Um, you know, top 10 defense in terms of giving up fantasy points to the running back. So not the the best matchup for Rex Burkhead this next week. Um, Carlos Hyde, um, I have as one of the pickups, and Travis Homer. Um, Carlos Hyde is likely to get the start. He's going to be more the bruising back. Travis Homer is going to be the the guy to get, I think, in more PPR type settings. Um, I'm trying to see if he's... I don't have him here. Huh. He's not on this list. Um, okay, so I don't have him. Uh, but he is a guy that that he's going to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. He has played pretty well in the few opportunities that he's had. Um, and so because of that, I think that... Uh, I think that he is definitely a guy to pick up for. There he is. Definitely think he is a guy to pick up for PPR leagues. Now, he hasn't scored many points, but he's also been the third running back. Right now, he has had eight rushes so far, but eight rushes for 39 yards. He's averaging almost five yards a carry. Um, he's also been used a little bit in the passing game. And so I I like Travis Homer. If he's getting as much usage as um, as Carlos Hyde, he's going to he's going to put up some numbers in PPR in deeper PPR leagues. Um, we talked about Rex Burkhead. Damian Harris is the other guy that I think could be a long term pickup, and here's why: Sonny Michelle has not been 
great <laughs> um to to uh to put a, a finer point on it um I mean he finally had a decent game this last week uh you know nine carries for 117 yards but again he was going up against Las Vegas who gave up you know was giving up the third most amount of fantasy points to running backs going up against KC and Denver and then week six bye so and then after that he comes back against San Francisco Buffalo um, has a Baltimore in there, so it's not it's not the best. Sonny Michelle again has he's kind of been back and forth. I don't know whether to whether to trust him or not. Um, Damian Harris had been showing so much promise um, before you know getting his finger tore up that I think that Damian Harris could possibly come through and take over that lead back um, that lead back spot from Sonny Michelle. Now, again, we still need to wait until he's officially back off of IR. I don't know if they've actually made that announcement yet um, on on him. So, for now, I think he's still on IR. Um, and so, I like Damian Harris. I think that he could, by the end of the year, take over the job from Sonny Michelle. So, he like again, he is a long-term. He's one of those guys that... Don't use priority on him, but if you have the extra space on a maybe deeper bench, I would try to stash him if you can. And Brian Hill, Brian Hill's been just as explosive so far this year as Todd Gurley, and so Brian Hill's another one of those guys that it could be that down the road, if Atlanta is just, I mean, Atlanta's already 0-3, they could, you know, they're very well probably going to be 0-4 after going against Green Bay on Monday Night Football this next week. They could maybe try to give Brian Hill a little more work. I mean, they've seen what he can do. And if he's being more productive than Todd Gurley, I don't see why they don't just go with Brian Hill. So, all right, getting into the wide receivers. uh, My first one, uh, Brandon Ayuk, 22% rostered, going up against Philadelphia this next week. He kind of took over that Debo Samuel role. Debo Samuel is expected to be back hopefully in week five. Uh, He's starting to practice now, uh, I believe, this next week. Um, again, with the, the Jones fracture in the foot, the, you know, big risk of re-injury. So they're trying to wait, um, trying to, to make sure that he doesn't, you know, get re-injured when they're already dealing, they're already dealing with, um, George Kittle. And then they had Jordan Reed go down. Jimmy Garoppolo has been injured and their top two running backs are injured. So they're going to want to make sure that they're, um, you know that they've got someone like Debo Samuel as healthy as possible. Ayuk showed a lot in this last game. Now again, going against um, going against the uh, the the wonderful uh, defense, haha, of the um, of the New York Jets, or sorry, the New, the New York Giants. Um, you know, five catches, seventy yards. He's going up against Philadelphia this next week. And Philly, in terms of what they do, uh, they middle of the road, giving up points to the wide receivers. So I think there's plenty of there's pr- plenty of opportunity out there for him. Um, Justin Jefferson, just you know, screaming off the uh, uh, the 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 massive week. We'll see if he can continue that. And we talked about this in yesterday's show. Is he possibly the the new number two? Has he overtaken? Ola B.C. Johnson. Not yeah, B.C. Johnson hasn't really done much. 
Um, hasn't been given a ton of opportunities, as far as I could see. Now, you Vikings fans may disagree with me there. Say, yeah, he's had the opportunity, he just isn't isn't going to be the guy. That's fine. I I have not gotten a chance to see um, enough uh, game tape from the Vikings to to know if that's the case or not. Justin Jefferson seems like the real deal. Um, and you know, again, top pick, you know, a, t- a top wide receiver pick because of it. So, um, I think that he is definitely if you're if you're needing some wide receiver help, he is he very well could be one of the next big guys. Uh, you know, to to really take off, um, his rookie year. So, with having someone like Adam Thielen playing opposite him, that that's going to provide a lot of opportunity for Justin Jefferson. So, uh, I've got two more guys on here that. I'm going to have to rearrange my rankings on on my waiver wire simply because Cole Beasley does not get enough love. If you were playing in a full point PPR or even half point PPR, if you're playing in a half or full point PPR and and Cole Beasley is still available, Cole Beasley is averaging still because of how much they are throwing the ball in Buffalo. Cole Beasley is still averaging like seven or eight targets a game. Um, you know, he finished with 100 yards this last week. He is he is a target monster playing out of the slot. He was when he was with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. He he's that still now with with Josh Allen as his quarterback. So um coming up this next week against Las Vegas who you know aren't great. I mean they're pretty good against wide receivers and you know they really for the most part kind of shut down wide receiver um the the New England Patriots this last week. But they give up a lot to running backs. Um, and so Beasley, because he plays in the slot, I think has still has an opportunity to be pretty good, um, even in this next week's matchup. So if you're if you're again, if you're desperate for some wide receiver help, you you're dealing with injuries, you know, you know, Julio, Devante, um, uh, what are other some wide receivers? You know, you've even got uh, you know, Chris Godwin looking like he could miss some time. Um, you know, that is, you know, Cole Beasley is definitely a guy that can, in PPR formats, could really uh, give you a little bit of a boost. Not that it's going to be necessarily a huge week, but could g- at least give you enough points to, to survive the week. Um, and Keelan Cole, I've got on here, 34% rostered, going up against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's defense uh, so far this year in terms of giving up points to the wide receiver, uh, they're third best as of right now. Um, and the only reason to pick up Keelan Cole is the fact that DJ Chark may not be playing this week. Um, Keelan Cole will be the number one wide receiver if Chark is out. If not, he moves to number two, and Chark's going to get all the targets. So, um, again, it's not a great matchup, but again, he he becomes the de facto number one if you're desperate for wide receiver help. Um, the only last guy that I would mention in terms of wide receiver pickups, I you know I mentioned the Chris Godwin thing, would be Scotty Miller again. He should be widely available on most on pretty much all your leagues, um, for for Tampa Bay. So uh, moving on, last but not least, we have our tight end pickups. Uh, number one for me is Jimmy Graham, eleven uh, percent rostered, going up against the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are the best team right now against tight ends. Again, they haven't – I'd have to look back at their schedule, but I don't think they've really gone up against a big-time tight end yet. I think they're the best tight end they've faced. 
Uh, no, I'm not even sure the best tight end they face. So, um, so Jimmy Graham, he is going to be targeted a lot by Nick Foles. Nick, I mean, Nick Foles coming out of Philadelphia originally. I don't really count. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't really count the whole Jacksonville one year thing. You know, a half a year due to his broken collarbone. Um, coming out of Philadelphia, where the offense really was mostly the tight ends. Um, passes out to the running backs with a couple of deep shots to um, to wide receivers like Alshon Jeffrey. In this offense, it's Jimmy Graham and um, and A Rob, and he is going to be throwing to those two guys. I think those are going to be his main guys. You know, Anthony Miller does did show up. You know, he got you know got a deep pass out Anthony Miller. I think that Jimmy Graham and and Robinson are going to be the two main targets. And so, because of that, I like Jimmy Graham. I think he may have a little bit of a a little bit of a renaissance coming back a little bit um, at this point in his career with with Nick Foles, as long as Nick Foles can stay upright and stay healthy. Um, number two is Mo Alley Cox, nine percent rostered, going against the New York Jets, who again, as we have said over and over again, are just a horrible team. <laughs> Um, they give up the ninth most amount of points to fantasy uh, to fantasy tight ends, and Philip Rivers loves throwing to the tight end. And right now, it looks like Moali Cox, due to his athletic ability, may be moving ahead of Jack Doyle as the tight end of choice for Philip Rivers. So because of that, I I like Moali Cox. I have him in a couple leagues, a couple of deeper leagues. He is definitely on that streaming radar that may become a regular starter, depending on, again, how much Phillip Rivers likes targeting him. So the other two, Logan Thomas, 26% roster going up against Baltimore. Baltimore struggles a little bit against the tight end. We saw that a little bit tonight with, with Kelsey. Now, I'm not I'm not saying that Logan Thomas is, Travis, is a, another version of Travis Kelsey. Not even in the slightest. That being said, um, you know they're middle of the Baltimore's middle of the road against tight ends, and uh, I want to say Logan Thomas is second or th- he might even be second on the team in um, targets so far this year behind um, Terry McLaurin. So he he very well could get the targets, especially if they're str- if if uh, Haskins is struggling to to get the ball out anywhere else. And last one. Robert Tanyan and one percent rostered going up against Atlanta, so it's a it's a great matchup because they're going up against Atlanta. But the reason, the only reason I have Tanyan on here, I don't think Tanyan has the games that he's had the last two weeks if Devontae Adams is healthy. The only reason Robert Tanyan should be rostered next week, and he's more of like a DFS play. Only if Devontae Adams misses next week. I don't think Tanya gets the same um, attention from Rodgers if, uh, if if Devontae Adams is on the field. I think everything's going to go through him with a little bit going to Lazard or MVS. So Robert Tanyan, again, 1% rostered, going against Atlanta. Great, great matchup for him. I'm not, I don't want Robert Tanyan in a starting spot unless Devontae Adams is out. If Devontae Adams is out, Tanya could Tanya could be another great streamer to get a touchdown. So all right, that is it. Um I hope you guys have had a wonderful, wonderful week again. Uh we're looking forward to this next week. Tomorrow I will be going over, I believe, some DFS plays, maybe previewing games just a little bit. 
Um, I hope you guys are able to get the guys that you were looking for, the guys that need that you need in order to fill some spots and, and have a good week this next week for your fantasy teams. Again, we will uh, hopefully be doing another uh, another episode tomorrow, depending on how my computer is working. Uh, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen. Again, this has been the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrude, and we will talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.